Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm excited as I'm often accusing of being to be here with my guest today, Miss Shauna McDonald. How are you, Shauna? I'm good. How are you, Tyler? I am really good. We are five weeks into the new normal. I don't know why I keep saying it. I hate that term. But it's five weeks in where I think it's relevant for the audience that we are dealing with the COVID crisis in Calgary. So we are sitting here on our computers, looking at each other, getting getting our connections any way we can. And we're here to tell Shauna's story today, as it often is for me. I've known Shauna, you and I met each other, I think, in 2012, when we were both top 40 under 40 the same year. But I don't know your story, which is so often the case. You know people and you call them acquaintances, but here we are. So you're the principal and founder at Brookline Public Relations. And I think you've been doing that for how long? 15 years. We just celebrated this year. That's right. Oh, yeah. I went to your rock star 15-year anniversary special with country music artists. That was that was a rock show you put on. That was well done, by the way. That's, that was, that was Thank awesome. you. That was fun. Sorry, that was 2019, but we're into 15 years. Yeah. Absolutely. I pre- I'm okay to meander 15 years. That's congratulations. And were you, so you guys are, you guys are a public relations firm. Maybe just walk people through, like, tell us about Brookline. What's Brookline all about? What do you guys do? Sure. So Brookline, we call ourselves a full service PR agency, um, cater to clients across Alberta, have national brands working with us as well. And um, what that means is media relations, digital, social crises, corporate comms, and range of clients are anywhere from big brands and either small startups and anything in between. So are you, uh, and, you and you and I talked a little bit offline, so clearly we're in a crisis right now. So uh, is there a certain portion of your business that has actually gotten a little bit busier over the last few weeks? Absolutely. Um, and certainly I recognize that, that, that we're fortunate to do that, but also... Um, recognizing it's very interesting time. So if we can help our clients in any way, whether it be proactive and making sure that their stakeholders and audiences know that they're still open and available, or if it's on the flip side and saying, listen, we have to hunker down and work through this crisis and issues and how can we help you? Uh, we certainly do that as well from a communications perspective. It's certainly one of the, and I, I want to be very careful when I say this, I try to always find the positives. And I certainly, one thing I found through this crisis, certainly in the early days, the willingness and the openness of people to just like, how can I help you? Not always knowing what the answer is. And as you know, as a firm like yours, where you can fit into a lot of different places, just being service and customer oriented, like I just, it's never been more like required. And I, I think that's one of the good things I'm going to take out of the early days of this crisis. hundred percent. And I've said it to my team you know, time and time again, it's, it's certainly helping our clients, but also let's ensure during this time we're showing them value and ensuring that we are going above and beyond for them because this is unprecedented times and they are still trying to walk themselves through this crazy nightmare. And we need to make sure that we're there beside them. Yes. And both, you know, I talked as well offline personally and professionally, because it's not just that your work life isn't, is, is full of unknowns life in general. Like we're all dealing with home kids showing Lego trucks in uh, (laughs) while while you're, while you're on conference calls, dogs, cats running through the room at mock speed with a child chasing behind. Like it's, it's very real. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stress and you're trying to then still be customer service oriented. So anyways, let's not get too philosophical about this. We're here to tell your story. So 15 years ago, you woke up one day and said, you know what? I'm going to start my own PR firm. That sounds like a great idea. How did it like, what's the, how did it even get started? What's the backstory? So backstory would be, um, and those that know me have heard this many times, but I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad's an entrepreneur. So I knew in my heart that I wanted to start my own business one day. Wasn't sure that it would be PR, but I knew I wanted to start my own business. So 
fell into the world of PR through a variety of ways and can get into that, but um, then ended up working and running uh, an international PR firm's offices in Alberta and then felt that after five years, I could really do this on my own. Really almost treated those five years at that major national PR firm as almost an MBA. Learn to budget, hire, fire. Um, and then after five years, really felt, okay, I can do this. I'm ready to do this. I love this type of business. So I took a leap of faith and started my own business 15 years ago. Interesting coming from an entrepreneurial background. Did you work in, did you, you know, I grew up in a rural community where my dad was, I grew up in a farming community, but he had like literally a business for every season. And growing up in that, you really just took it as the way it kind of was. Did you get, were you involved in the family businesses? Were you, I was. Okay. So you had it, it was in your blood from an early age. It was. I, my dad, uh, oil and gas service company. So I was... Um, in the accounting department, in the HR department, answering phones. So I was more on the administrative side, but I knew what the heck they were doing operationally as well. But I started, you know, eighth grade summer summer jobs, coming back from university, Christmas support. So I knew what they were doing, but also saw that my dad was um, – running something that he loved to do. And I'm like, I want to do something like that one day. Oh, that's awesome. From a role model perspective, it wasn't the, wasn't the stressed out dad like pulling his hair out at work. He actually was, it was a real positive from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's different Absolutely. versions of entrepreneurs and how totally. we all do things. Yeah. I'm sure that. I'm like a 50% stressed out. And then like everyone, <laughs> I agree with that, right? You mean you're human, but what? There's still, you're human yeah. behind the scenes. <laughs> Behind the glaze and the gloss of a PR, of a beautiful PR firm. Like, stressed yeah. out, stressed out. And so were your parents, I'm always curious to this because so many times like where you find you stumble into it, like, were you always encouraged to kind of do your own thing and that level of independence and that level of like resilience and yeah, I'll figure it out kind of mindset. Like that starts at often a very young age. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, after my undergrad, I was debating on either going to law school or doing my MBA. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to do this PR thing. And my parents were like, what? Like, what's PR? And they just said, listen, if that's what you love, you go do it. We, we support right. you. So I was truly lucky that way. Because that's not, unfortunately, there's a lot of stereotypes around that. That isn't the case. You need to go in this line of work because yes. that's this or, or heaven, don't run your own business because I've done it for years. I want more. I want totally. different for you than that. And, but having a supportive environment, that's such a, and 15, 15 years ago. And in Alberta, did, did you spend any time? Did you go work anywhere else or spend some, you know, thinking of Toronto being obviously the big Mecca for marketing and PR and things like that? So not Toronto, but Boston. So I did my undergrad at Queen's University, and then I went to do my master's in communications at Boston University. Oh, and I decided that, you know, when I'm in Boston, not only am I going to go to school, but I'm going to stay here and work because Boston, I don't know if anyone knows this, is the mecca for a lot of big brands that people aren't aware of. They assume New York, right? So a lot of sporting brands are there. A lot of consumer brands are there. A lot of tech brands are there as well. So I thought, while I'm here, um, I'm going to make the most of it. I've got a student work visa. So I ended up actually not only being there for my two-year grad degree, but staying on for almost five years in Boston and working for first a big uh, institution on the finance side, Fidelity Investments, and then went on to do um, an internship at an advertising PR agency and fell in love just with that culture and, and that way of life and have kind of been in that world ever since. 
So uh, that's so interesting. What a different perspective. So how was it working south of the border? How was it working in a place like Boston, big established kind of East Coast city in a, in a field like that? You must have learned. It must have. It must have just widened your eyes. <laughs> that's what I'm picturing right you, now. You know what? It's it's interesting because. I don't even know how to explain it. When you start your career there, it's almost like, oh, this is normal, right? I'm working for brands like Starbucks and Tiffany. This is just normal. So you don't really realize what you have until you kind of leave and go, that was amazing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because of course, it, like we, you and I talked about earlier, you just take things for granted because they are what they are. There's no point running around like being blown away every day because that's just not real life. <laughs> Exactly. So I, you know, I certainly learned a lot. I think, you know, working south of the border, there's a different perspective on business and assertiveness and aggressiveness that I think I've taken um, the pros from and certainly brought back and why I feel Brookline is as successful as it is today because of I had two phenomenal mentors when I was in Boston um, and kind of have taken their advice to kind of what I need to do and what, when I needed to do it with Brookline. It's right. And back in then, and I'm always, because 15 years ago, it doesn't seem that long, but the world you started. So you were probably in Boston like 20 years ago. Mm. We're, I don't want to get into age here either. So I want to be very careful. I see the look in your eye. Tyler, where are you going with this? So 40 years, so 40 years ago, you were in school. No, don't. <laughs> no, it's my birthday today, Tyler. So I'm doing the math. Is it actually your birthday today? It is. Oh, yeah. well, happy birthday. That's amazing. Oh, I'm like, wait a second. How old am I? I'm like, wait. Well, uh, I, knew, I know we're both top 40 under 40 the same year. I was right on the wire. I'm sure you're much younger than me. So let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you're right. It was 20 years ago. Sorry, you know we're getting old. When all of a sudden you're like, "Son of a bitch!" It's 20 years ago. Are you kidding? Me? Are you are you for real? Did you hear this 20 years ago? <laughs> yes. Oh, we there sound was, like we sound like old people, even there though we're having Instagram. I know. How and how was the marketing world and the PR world back then? And I, I'm always I don't. This is a weird. I don't even know if I want to go down this road. What was the male female balance? Was there any obstacles, challenges as as a woman getting into the 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 big agency world of the U.S.? I'm just. It's a random question. I'm curious. I'm curious. Things have changed and sometimes they stay the same. You know what? I get this question all the time. I have been extremely lucky. I have never encountered, unless I'm an idiot, glass ceiling, okay. um, and have not been aware of it. But I, my, my main mentor in Boston was the founder of the PR and ad agency. And he took, he, he's this Canadian kid. He was a fan of hockey. He's like, Oh, you're from Canada. I love you. Do you play hockey? I'm like, sure. Okay, <laughs> so, um, he and I got along really well, but he kind of just was always a mentor for me. And he ensured that I was uh, encouraged to do what I wanted and the clients that I was interested in. But even in that time, um, I didn't see any glass ceiling effect. That's but awesome. That's good. That's felt, great to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But at the same time, I think um, I'm I'm not the case for everyone, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, every, everyone's situation is exactly that. It's their own situation. I'm just curious because there are industries that are more male dominated and there's more industries that are more female. I've always found the marketing industry was a little bit more of a blend. Like I have buddies in IT and they're like, oh man, I want to find more women to hire, but they're just not necessarily in this sector yet. I think it's changing. But marketing, I've always found it to be a bit more balanced to the point that it doesn't even cross my mind. That's why I was just curious of what your journey was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think there were certainly more men in the agency. Um, 
I never thought it was odd. I think, and the flip side to that, my agency right now is all women. And I get that question all the time. When are you going to hire a man? And I think it comes down to the best person for the job at that particular time. I also recognize that it's not always been the case that the best person should get the job, right? Yes. I, but I think we, we also want to talk about perfect, like best case scenario. The best case yeah. scenario, the individuals and the merits and having a balanced perspective. And I, was just, I was literally curious and it's something that I never really talk about. It never enters my mind. I've always, it's never really been a thing in my world and I've always known incredibly successful, powerful women and successful, open-minded men. I don't, I don't know, but it certainly seems to be a thing. You can't, you can't turn your head one direction or another and, no, and, see, and no. see it somewhere. Have you watched, this is a complete sidebar, have you watched The Morning Show on Apple TV Plus? I love it. I'm it, just waiting for season two. It is, oh was so phenomenally done the way, so if you haven't listened, this is a blatant plug, please go watch it. The way yes. they tackle issues, the, the quality of Steve Carell, Jen Aniston, oh my God, like it's so good. I, I couldn't stop. I was sucked right in. Really? I was fully, really? I was fully addicted to that whole, yes, it was great. And, and yeah. a real interesting issue that they kind of went headlong at and they took you on a journey of, he, they, I love when they can make you like a character, not like it. They can really weave you in and kind of pull on your, your emotions as you're watching. It's a, such a good show. No, incredibly well done. See, what made you come back to Calgary? Because it sound like, sounds like Boston was pretty awesome. Boston was amazing. Um, so I've said this before, two words, a man. <laughs> I was going to say a boy. I was going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who I'm now still married to. So it, Okay. It so that so that worked out. That worked out. Yes. Yes. Many people say, uh, I'm like, no, no, no. Same guy. Same guy. So certainly came back. Um, Shane's an engineer and the energy industry does not really exist in Boston, Massachusetts. No, it does not. Um, so when you ask about, you know, working in Boston with these amazing, phenomenal brands, coming back to Calgary 15 years ago, actually less more than that, actually, um, people ask, you know, what was it like coming back to Calgary? And I'm like, you know what? I had to get used to different industries, smaller markets, and recognizing that at that time, Calgary still wasn't what it is today. No, that was early. I moved here in 2000. So we're kind of talking about early 2000s. It's not even close to the same city as, as it was. I moved here from Montreal. So a little bit from coming from Boston. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> the first night I came to town, I actually saw a tumbleweed blow across the street. I'm like, oh my God, that, what, what was I thinking? Man, that's another story. Clearly it worked out. I couldn't be happier. But so yes, I'm, I'm picturing me moving here, you coming back from Boston. Yes. Me, I had never even been here before I moved here. That's a whole other story for another day. But, but yes, Calgary has come a long way in the last 18 years. Yes. It absolutely has. So I had to adjust and I needed to think through, okay, how, how, and what am I going to be doing? And ended up starting with this uh, international PR firm and uh, worked there for five years and then went on to start Brookline. Oh, okay. So, so if I look back and of course I always want to get in, like, where was the pitfalls or where was the moments where you're like, what am I doing? But it, it's sounding like, and I know you're in PR as well. It sounded like it kind of <laughs> fell together and I'm not calling bullshit, but it sounds like, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm totally, what, what, where was the dark time? Where was the, what am I doing? Where's the, like, what am I thinking? Cause it sounds pretty like it just happened the way it should happen. But we all know that life doesn't always work out that way. I'm no. fishing, I'm fishing hard here for sure. I am. Totally. So Sorry, what are you asking me? Where were the pitfalls? Where were the, it sounds like it all fell together really neatly in order from uh, the outside. So sorry, that wasn't even a question as much as a bunch of meandering. So certainly coming back to Calgary, it was an adjustment, right? Um, you you have an expectation. It was a, it was really quite frankly, what have I done? Um, did I really make this decision particularly for a man? And um, thinking through, because when you are a very independent 
um, career driven woman, you start having those thoughts of, did I just, Am I allowed to swear on here? You can, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. This I put a PG, I put PG thirteen on all my episodes just to be covered. Please do not hold I back. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck did I just do?" So, um, but then you take a step back again and you go, "Okay, you've made this reason. You followed your heart." And I'm not someone who normally it's all about career and very driven. Followed your heart. Let's make the most of this. So did end up. Uh, finding a really good um, job that turned into a great career. And then again, like you said, it fell into place. I think my struggles where, where the challenges started more, I think, deeply was when I started to have kids as an entrepreneur. Okay. That is a challenge in itself. Because you were what, just doing the math five years, your oldest is 10. And so my quick, my quick armchair math here. So yes. you were five, you were five years in, which is an interesting time. How big was yeah. Brookline in, at five years? And it's a size, do you, I don't know, do you gaze it by headcount or do you gaze it by just number of clients you're working with? Like it's um, such a weird question in terms of how size. <laughs> I would say half of what we are now. Okay. Okay. And how, what, so how no, big are you guys now? Okay. So uh, 13, okay. we were so 15, 13 to 15 now. So I would okay. say less than half of that. Okay. Okay. That gives me some contact. So it's yeah, pretty tight. You. It's pretty tight knit. It's going well, but it's still fragile because it's, it's a small team. <laughs> yeah. Five to six people, maybe I'm going to say. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then okay. when you start bringing kids into that and, and, and thinking through, um, how am I going to run a business? How am I going to even consider a mat leave? That's when the challenges started for me. Because if anyone doesn't know our, our shared industries, because we have a lot of overlaps in what we do, they are all like, it will use every minute of your time if you let it. <laughs> 100%, 100%. And, then, and then it asks for a bit more time. <laughs> So when so was the and now we're getting super personal here. We're going deep down. Okay, we're gonna okay, soften our voices. Was it a conscious? Did you decide I'm having kids, or did it like oh oh I guess I'm having kids? <laughs> no, no, no. So we, <laughs> we this was definitely both were planned. Can't believe I'm talking about this, um, but also recognizing okay if we're gonna do this, I wanted to make sure that. Um, and I've, I've talked about this before too. I knew I wanted to start a business. I also knew that in the first 18 months, businesses fail. Let's be real. Um, so I wanted to make sure that small businesses, that is, I wanted to make sure that I was in a really good place to consider having kids. So that's why I think the five-year mark. Um, so I did start having kids later in life, but I also was, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to make sure that the, I feel the business is, is in a certain position to make that happen because there will be some commitments on the family side now. Um, but you don't know what you're getting into, quite frankly, when you're I, having I have, You're not the first person that's like, oh, take, you, whatever you thought about your old life, just take it and throw it in a ditch. It's done. No, it's gone. <laughs> um, completely gone. So as an entrepreneur, you also don't get a mat leave. You can certainly have one, but say bye to your business. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Yes. You can, you can, you can make whatever choice you want, but there is consequences at the end of the day. hundred percent. So I had to make some really quick decisions. So after my first, I was back to work in six weeks. Was it my choice? No. Um, was I bringing baby to work sometimes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And trying to juggle, like I remember doing a conference call and having it, I'm literally was speaking to Deb Yedlin at the Calgary Herald while I was in labor in the Rocky, Rocky, um, hospital. 
Um, and I can, I can, I can, knowing you a little bit that I do, I can picture it. <laughs> just a hundred mile an hour, just going, going, oh, yeah. going, making it happen. She was no more the wiser, but it was, it's a true story. So you just, you make do with what you have. So when asked what were my challenges, that's really when I started to feel okay. the, the challenges of balancing family and business. And from a operational perspective, did that give you or, or force you or, or, or challenge you to then give people more seniority, let people run with it? Like I'm assuming you had a really empowered team or they became very empowered very quickly through that transition because all of a sudden you're not quite as present. So you really need to rely on the people around you. 100%. But you also, and we talked about this, um, you also find when you can't bring, when you can't be all in, you also find who from your team can really shine. And I realized at that moment that there was a bit of gap in leadership and I needed to bring almost a second in command into place. Um, Cause as an entrepreneur, you always are realizing money in money out and making sure oh, I can do it all. Right. Of course. And yes. <laughs> I don't need that second in command, but when you start to have that role of also mom, you need to think someone else needs to be there by your side. So that made me realize that I needed to build up the senior team um, so that Brookline could not only grow, but also I'm not working 24 seven. It's so funny. The comment you made earlier about the glass ceiling and having someone, in, you know, put it imposing on you for whatever gender or hierarchy or whatever yeah. I find as entrepreneurs, and this is my own flaw. Like we, we build those glass ceilings for ourselves around the, like, I'm going to do it all. And how much that actually does hold you back in the long run. And I think we all get to, you get to learn those lessons or they just keep showing up. Of oh, like, yeah. uh, I'll do it all. That's a glass ceiling that you just constructed. <laughs> exactly. I know. And I think that it took for me to have a, I think my first kid to say, listen, I'm going to have to let go and delegate. Mm -hmm. The business can run without me there 24 seven. So you're five years in, you're relooking at everything because kids will, from what I've been told, really cause you to do that. Did it shift the culture of the company? Like, did you change, like, maybe this is what we valued in our organization before, but then as you evolved, did that kind of, because as entrepreneurs, so much of our own personalities show up in our businesses and our, and our values are just a fancy word for beliefs sometimes for us in terms of company. Did you see a shift at that point as the company? And then also you set up, you grew beyond that too. You doubled in staff size. Totally. hundred percent in a good way. I, mm, nice. I believe that as a working mom, I'm a better leader. If, if you were to, you know, nice. I was prior to having kids, I don't think I was as flexible. I don't think I was as understanding um, because it was all in all the time. And because I had the time to think through only, only Brookline, your blinders almost are staying on. And then when you become that mom and think through, okay, well, I've got to get this little kid to swim class or hockey practice. I get that others have a life outside of Brookline. And so, oh, I understand this concept all of a sudden. <laughs> and I truly believe I became a better leader uh, because of having kids. Oh, that's a, it's, I've heard so many different versions of like, oh, you really want to, you know, again, understand what it is about yourself that you're just maybe not really working. Have children. The reflection, it really shows up a whole. My sister says to me when she goes, if you ever want to find out what you don't like about yourself, just wait till you see the behavior in your children. You really quickly, you really quickly build an assessment of this is not a good behavior. <laughs> it stuck with me as a non-parent, but I, yes. I, get, I get, I get it. I can, you know, and I've had a lot of conversations. My business partner, Chad, who, you know, being a dad has done nothing but make him a better leader. Like a hundred percent. Just, it, I watch it all the time. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I'm like, that was kind of a parent thing you just did there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it, it's the same. I'm like, I, I see that. I remember taking one of my former employees out for lunch. She asked me out for lunch 
Um, and I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what? I owe you an apology because she was a, a single mom working for me. And she would have to leave early to take her son to swim class or whatever. And I was fine with it, but I wasn't as understanding. So I remember taking out for lunch saying, you know what? I owe you an apology. I didn't get it. I get it now. I understand that you, you know, you're still going to be available. You just have to go and get your, you have to be with your family now. And I'm still going to be committed. And I also know that if you want to find someone who's as hard working as ever, you find a working mom because quite a few on my team, but they will get the job done because they got other shit to do. (laughs) If you want something done, ask a busy person. There's nobody busier than a working mom. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, so what, so now you're you've been th- you've, you're you're on the journey. What advice would you looking back? Someone who's in their career, very career or they're thinking about having kids, or they're thinking of starting their business, like all those big decisions. What advice or perspective would you give now that you've a little not too far, but we're, you're a little farther down the road? Yes, um, you know what? If you want to start a business, fantastic. If you want to be a, a working parent, fantastic. Don't do it at the same time. Uh, okay. Uh, I always say to people, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. And so for me, I think the one thing that I'm happy with is I I chose to start the business first and then have kids. Sometimes it's let's have kids and then start a business. But I think you will blow yourself up if you do it at the same time. doesn't mean you can't do both. Just just pick your battles and pick your timing. I think it's so because let's be honest, both the, both those scenarios require a little bit of superhero syndrome because you're going to have to be a bit of a superhero, but there's only so much bandwidth, and that is a, that is a very real thing, and we all say yes all the time. I think someone oh, I got a, I saw an article yesterday uh, that a friend of mine sent me, and it's like who stole someone who stole my treadmill, being that this time has now got us off the treadmill, and like we all have this moment to pause and go, well, when I go back, what things might I leave behind because this created some space for me that I didn't have before, and it's an interesting perspective when you just pause and go, all right, you know what. I was, I was legitimately doing taking on too much. Totally, I agree, hundred percent. And as and as a business owner, it's it's it, it'll it'll consume you any every chance it gets. So, fifteen years in, you've got a solid team. Sounds like great family. Life is good. What's the future? What's it look like? Where where where, where what's the journey ahead? So for Brookline, as I said, you know, we've really concentrated on um, really growing our brand in, in Calgary. We do a lot of work north, north of us in Edmonton. We see ourselves doing uh, bigger national work. We've been very fortunate to work with some great national brands that both are coming out of Toronto and Vancouver. So I think making a larger footprint across the country uh, is going to be one of our big goals. But I also think, let's be real, I we're in a bit of a an interesting time right now. So I think let's do baby steps first and make sure that when we're out of this, um, we've got um, great clients that we've worked with for a long time and making sure that we're continuing to support them and then take a step back and go, now what do we want to do? Because strategies change. These crises, these issues will change how you move and how you change uh, your business. And I think if you don't reflect during this time, you've missed a mark. 
No, and I think that is the excitement where I get excited about it now that you know you have to batten down the hatches and you have to do all those things to make your team is your team is secure, your clients secure, your business is going to survive. Then very quickly, okay, what does the future look like? And you and I chatted offline. It's a tough one right now because we don't know. But if you're not thinking about it, it's even the distributed work. I'm curious your views. How's how's that working for your team? The nobody's because you guys were like us. You were in the office. You know, for for the sake of transparency, you share the office below us. So yes. I, I, I see you showing up to work when I show up to work. But now both of us are working from home. How's that been for your team or just for you personally? Has it been challenging or liberating? I don't know if it's been liberating. Uh, (laughs) I don't don't think I'd use that word. Um, As a working mom, it's certainly been challenging. It's a juggle. Um, Wine at the end of the day certainly helps. I've heard booze sales are up across the board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are. Um, But you know what? I'm I'm pretty lucky. I, I have a great family. I've got two crazy cute pups here. Like I, I feel for some of my staff who are either working or living on their own, don't have that social interaction. So we want to make sure that we can do that as much as possible as a team. Um, not everyone has the same circumstance. And I think that we all have to be very aware of that. Yeah, I, I, I had, it's funny, I had that reality this morning. I've been you know, lead, reading everything I can on distributed work and how to do it better. And there's a lot of things about it I like. But again, I'm in an environment where I really like my home setup and I, everything's really controlled. And I, but I have some staff that are like, we can't wait to get back to the office. So you, gotta, you do have to really look at everybody's individual situation. And like always, it's easy to see your situation as the, the situation. <laughs> it's not yes, the case. Yes. I agree. You know, so, so it's interesting in terms of, you know, I was... Uh, they, I was listening to it. Uh, I think it was a TED talk, and they said, "Don't underestimate how stressful." Like it, we had to work from home so quickly, but when we go back to work, the amount of transition that's, that's going to take for people. They said, "Don't underestimate." It's not just going to be like, "Oh yeah, we're back to work on Monday and everything's fine." That there is going to be a pretty big psychological shift, considering this is going to last for another, you know, who knows, thirty, forty-five, sixty days. I don't know. I uh, know, and yeah. also <laughs> we had our our staff meeting on. Tuesday. And what we're doing now is each time we show up uh, to our staff meeting, we come with a theme. So one was last week was 80s theme. So we all like came in 80s craziness. This week, we all had to wear like some kind of hat or cap or some girls. One of my awesome teammates showed up in like a ski helmet and ski goggles. So that's awesome. It was pretty fun. But um, one of the things I said to them was, listen, and I think this has been posted on a lot of social channels. We ha- we can't forget that we're not just working from home. We're working from home during a crisis. And so making sure that our team's mental health is looked into, making sure that us as leaders are, are caring for ourselves as well, because if we're not at our top game, we can't be the leader that they need or the leader that our clients need. So it's being a bit more flexible and also, I don't know if it's lowering expectations, but it's shifting expectations. It almost feels like being a little bit more forgiving for sometimes like, you know, there I'll be, I'll be blunt. If this was a month and a half ago and your 10 year old ran through behind you screaming, I'd be like, that wasn't very professional. (laughs) I would have been kind of shitty about it. I would have been a bit of an asshole. I know. Now I'll be like, oh, that's okay. It's fine. It's the way it goes. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, I know I've shifted my beliefs on it for sure. Of like, how could you even find fault in it? It's just the world we live in now. Like, get over it, Tyler. <laughs> You're a hundred percent correct. You know, I think it's um, leader forty five. I don't even know what day we're into right now. What are we? I think it's, I think we're in week five, as scary as that is. My days are going by so fast. It's mind blowing. Like I look up and it's one in the afternoon and I have no idea how that happened. It's it's almost surreal. I feel for people that are quite 
um, bored during this time because when you're working and having home people, having your little ones being homeschooled, like it does fly by. So that is, if anything, an okay thing. Yeah. Fair enough. How's the homeschool? How's the home? Are you, are you uh, like help you do your homework kind of mom? Or are you all of a sudden being, cause I know a few moms that are like this whole work school from home thing. I am not, I don't even know what's going I can't even want to do this. <laughs> I, I'm that, but I'm also, <laughs> uh, let's figure this out. I'm also not a cook and I'm learning how to cook. And my, my boys are like, mom, like, who is this? So there's some, there's some, you know, silver lining in this COVID stuff that I'm actually learning how to cook. But the homeschooling thing is I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out, but I'm, I'm not one of those moms that makes like crafts and makes them like little schedules. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> I'm sure if this probably at work, I would outsource that and have a project manager put that all together for me. So I wouldn't be doing it myself. <laughs> Can I outsource this? No, it doesn't work that way. Hey, are you a, are you a masterclass? Do you, do you do any of the masterclass stuff? Uh, Thomas Keller. I'm also improving my cooking skills, his cooking stuff. It's very basic and it goes step by step, but I've, my wife is really enjoying that Tyler is getting better at cooking. So that's just my share for you and your family more so. My client gave me his cookbook, not knowing that I don't know how to cook. And he gave it to me years ago. And I'm like, who is this? And they're like, Oh, you don't know Thomas Keller. I'm like, I don't know what this is now I do, but didn't know at the time. Yes, the master class. It's kind of like being taught to cook by like your cool uncle or your grandfather. He's just like got this really warm and he just just is the guy in the kitchen. It's I've been inspired every night. I'm like, oh, what? My wife's getting a little bit. She's so what's for dinner? I'm, it's it's starting to be an expectation. So I think I don't know <laughs> how I feel. Are you doing the are you doing the curbside pickup for groceries or what are you doing? Uh, no, we're still, we're still going to the grocery store. My wife does it once, once every two weeks, we, we are going to overstock. We started doing definitely some takeout stuff and we haven't done the curbside, uh, yet. Cause I think the stores were still open or as they were a week ago, as long as you were staged in. But yeah. other, other than that, no, I, but I'm starting to get into a point where I want specific ingredients on a specific day. Now I'm going down that road a little bit. So it, it's all changing. It's all, it's up for grabs. Gotcha. I was thinking if you're cooking with Thomas Keller recipes, you probably need specific things. His first series is like, here's how to glaze carrots. Here's oh. how to do, it's really simple. So my carrots are great. I, I, I believe they're great. I did uh, some Brussels sprouts last night. So it's very, he's just starting with vegetables and doing one at a time. So it's very, um, it's very approachable as a non-cook. <laughs> I could do it maybe. maybe. I think you, I believe in you. I think I, I have a feeling that you can do pretty much anything you put your hand to. That's just oh. my, my, my oh. brazen plug for you. So maybe last curious of the overarching, you work in, public relations, communication, messaging, any advice for business owners or business business leaders that are out there listening on like, wow, I just, I'm just not sure how to approach some of these things, whether it's internal with my staff or outwardly, any kind of core advice put on your, put on your PR hat that you would, that you would share? Um, because of COVID or, or in general, like what should we be doing? A, a, a little bit of both. I think the word crisis, but I, I think a lot of the rules, so a little bit of a hint of like dealing with a crisis, but also maybe just rules around communication and kind of good, good, good best practices, if you will, that are good anytime. There is no such thing as over communication. Uh, I think that um, companies need to think through that. They need to think through that transparency is, is going to be the, um, the understanding and the, the truth of the brand. So I think if you're questioning, should I be saying this to my team? The answer is, if you're questioning, you should do it, right? Um, and so I think there's no such thing as over-communication. Transparency is key. If you don't communicate the narrative, someone else will for you. 
Uh, yeah, so I've had that conversation many times. I think they're talking about you either way. If you put, yes. if you provide the sound bites, they'll use them. If you don't, they'll insert their own, and they might. They're often not going to be what you hope they were. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think especially during this time, people are looking for leadership. They're looking for a path. Even if you don't have the answers, at least let them know. Hey, I don't have the answers, but we're going to get through this. I don't. I may not sure know how, but we're going to get through this. And I'm here if you have questions. I think that's so important. I've had a couple, I've done a couple of podcasts on my other episode, my other podcast on current and critical about, you know, human resources, leadership, change management, digital. It all came back to the same, like step up as a leader. If you don't know, say you don't know, be honest. Now is not the time to pretend you're a superhero of some kind because that's not what people need. They need honesty and they need human to human connection. And I think that's always true. And I, I love that now it's kind of non-optional, which I think is great. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It is non-optional. Yeah, get out there and get out there and get in front of it, or or it's because we're we're all we're all just just looking for some semblance and something to grab on to go. Okay, that at least gives me some confidence for today. And like tomorrow's another day. I'll get I'll get to tomorrow when it shows up. <laughs> so, I don't want to be too melodramatic, but a couple of weeks ago it felt like that. I'm like, all right, I'm going to deal with today's task. Like I'm going to live in the now, and I'll deal with tomorrow when the next press release comes out from the federal government of what the hell's happening next. <laughs> no, don't even get me started. Oh my god. Yes, that's yeah, that's a whole other road we can go down. Well, Sean, thank you so much for your honesty today and willingness to go there. I kind of maybe opened up some doors you weren't maybe planning on talking about. What we thought on this, no, this was fun. I find that the more honest and the more you know real we are, as 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 uh, there's so many podcasts out there, the more you can cut through by just talking about real stuff. I certainly know that's what I gravitate to as as a listener, so I try to do the same. So awesome, thanks, Tyler. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. It was my absolute pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you back in the office sometime soon. I do too, and I look forward to making much, many more laughs for your team as well. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay, bye. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper. Please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined. But more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows, and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening, and have an awesome day.